And we're on video, so it's not like you can just see me like. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the sake of the podcast, because I've had like I've interviewed uh, um, like comedians before and be like, oh, don't say my real name. Use my stage name, you know, or like I've had boxes. Like, oh, no. Call me this, you know. So what would you prefer to go by? I know you as Julio. Yeah, for sure. So. There's a story behind it, and we can get into it later, but or whenever. But uh, but my my government name is Julio Christian Morero, and um, a couple years ago I started going by JC, which are my initials. My family on my dad's side has my whole life called me JC, um, but to everyone else I've always been Julio at school, at work, and then I decided to go by JC full time for a few reasons. Okay. Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, so you can call. I, I prefer JC, um, but if you slip and call me Julio at some point, that's you, cool. Too. You're not gonna get angry at me or anything, right? It's just like, no, no, no. no. I, better I not call me Julio again, or else. No, no, no. I know where guy. you live, Dom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know it's somewhere in Jersey. I just, you know, <laughs> I'll find you though. <laughs> oh, that that's kind of scary. Don't do that. <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> Dude, it's kind of cool the way me and you have been catching up uh, lately, too. It's just been like through our, our, our nerd dumb, our nerd, yeah. our, our fan nerd dumb. What, yeah. what? You know, be like, yo, have you seen the new? Uh, uh, um, um, oh my gosh, was it, why is it slipping my mind? Like, I watch it every Friday. Yeah, why? Wh- have you seen the new Mandalorian? Mandalorian, my mind's blown, blah, 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 blah you know? And we went through this whole like deep dive of Star Wars, and I was like, "Yo, this guy is freaking cool," you know? Yeah, bro, I've been loving the new the new uh, Star Wars, man, the new Mandalorian. It's been, I think, it's been the best uh, Star Wars uh, entertainment, you know, on TV or movie or whatever. Like, yeah. I think it's been the best since the originals. Yeah, for sure. I I don't know, man. I like. I get ex- I get so excited like I if so for you guys because you're out in California you're out in Redding California right so yeah, for you guys yeah, it's it, like up north, north state so you guys get it exactly at midnight there yep for us it's three o'clock in the morning and it was like I'm not gonna like I I go to sleep typically around like twelve ish one ish but I'm I'm not gonna be able to make I can't make it I'm not gonna make it I just watch it in the morning. But then I like yeah. get no sleep and I'll wake up at seven o'clock in the morning. It's like I'll wake up and be like, oh boy, new episode of Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I there there's been times where like I didn't even watch it like until like Friday night. Right, right. And when I when I the couple times that I've done a few times that I've done that, 
it's been ruined because social media just is awful. Dude, and it's I, usually not even people. It's like pages that I follow that like uh, straight up just don't even wait, dude. They just put stuff on yeah. there. Like I saw, I saw Ahsoka, um, you know, uh, oh, what's her name? Um, the act, Rosario Dawson. Uh-huh. I saw a picture of her in the, uh, like a snippet of the, of her and her Ahsoka costume. And I was like, dude, why would you show me that? Like, and all it takes is half a second. Flesh. It's just yeah, half a exactly. second. Right. Exactly. So that's really annoying. But I've been loving that show, man. I posted like like on this past Friday, I did see I did see it immediately mm-hmm. when it came out. And I posted on my Facebook, love the new paint job or whatever. Oh. And nobody, nobody commented or liked anything. And I was like, they probably don't know what I'm talking about. Or or haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you ha- um, you have to talk in code if you're gonna do yeah. it. Because I have this whole. All right, I'm gonna wait for me to talk about this episode at least a week. You get the week grace time before I be like, you know what, Boba Fett was in that episode. You know, <laughs> Boba Fett was in the episode. Now now we're recording the pot. It's generous. It is. I think that's an appropriate amount of time because now it's your responsibility to to sit down. And at least, you, if if I didn't spoil it for you at, within a week, then somebody else did. But for I waited sure. at least a week. For sure, for sure. I think if you haven't seen it, if it comes out Friday morning, you haven't seen it by Monday, dude. You're tripping. Okay, all right. See, I, so I'm a little bit more generous than you. All right. Yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. All right. So what's your, what's your take on movies? How long do you wait for movies? For spoiling them. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I usually, I'll be honest, I don't talk about movies and stuff or, or even TV shows really like on social media. Okay. This is kind of a new one for me. Like The Mandalorian is like the first, maybe one of the first times I'm really like talking about it online. Right, right. Um, I usually will do like just private message, like, you know, how I've been messaging you like, yo, did you see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've spoiled um, it for my brother before, assuming that he watched it. I was like, dude, Boba Fett. Like, I got too excited. I was like, yo, Boba oh. Fett was there. Oh, my God. Did you see it? He had his armor. He was like, dude, I didn't watch it yet. I was like, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Because I'm so used to watching this stuff with him that it's so yeah. weird that I'm not watching it with him. And that's what dude. getting older is. <laughs> I know. It's funny, like, how this show has, like, just unified so many people yeah, of, like, sure. all ages and even like girls have been getting into it that never even like Star Wars. They're like, baby Yoda, baby Yoda. <laughs> and, like, all this stuff, man. It's been wild. That show's wild, man. Yeah, now I'm like correcting my wife. Is like, his name is Grogu. His name yeah, is right. his name is Grogu. You will speak his name as Grogu now. <laughs> I I I'm on the other camp. I'm like, who's baby Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, that's funny. Um, but uh let's uh let's talk about you man so yeah dude jc sure. um, all right so you where were you born well i was born in miami florida miami, um, miami. yeah exactly <laughs> born and raised there mm-hmm. um have a, a you know my family's cuban um so my mom was actually born in new york though my mom was born in manhattan Ooh-hoo. and we lived there she was like 12 so she's from your neck of the woods. Um, and then came to Miami. My dad was born in Cuba, but he came to Miami. He was a little kid. Um, yeah, and then all my grandparents were born and raised in Cuba. They didn't come to, come to the United States until they were, you know, adults. Okay. So, 
so yeah um you know other than that i left miami when i was in my early 20s to go do the college program and that's where i met you at actually no i met you after my college program when did you it do your college program when did you do your disney college program i could say that it was I don't literally work like <laughs> that same year that i met you i think or maybe okay. the year before um so that would have been like 2000 that would have been 2010 for me okay so I did my I actually did my college program at Kilimanjaro Safaris in 2012. Oh, that was 2012? Yeah, 2012. 12, yeah, 2011 to 2012 is when I left. So yeah, 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 yeah. Little, uh, around that timeline. Yeah, yeah, wasn't it 2011 when you were there? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. But anyway, so I did my college program in Disney in 2010 and that was like I moved away from home. I was like the first person in my entire family to ever move away from home. Um, yeah, I worked for Disney. Uh, uh, I actually, my first job, my job during the college program was not Kilimanjaro. I didn't get that job till later. Oh, really? Um, my first job was, yeah, my first job was a bus greeter where I would be at, at the resorts writing down bus schedules, like what time each bus came through and making sure they came in 20 minute intervals. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of a boring job. Then when I went, I went uh, part-time with the company after the internship. Okay. And that's where I worked at Kilimanjaro Safaris. Nice. So yeah. I actually, that wasn't my first Disney thing either. Mine oh, was, word? yeah, yeah. I did a, uh, I, that was my second CP actually. My first oh, college wow. program was 2010. Um, And I worked at, um, what's that called? Uh, um. Uh, uh, Disney's uh, Hollywood Studios, and I work at Sunset, Sunset Boulevard, and I was a uh, uh, quick service. That's right. that's right. Didn't you sell like turkey legs and stuff? Yeah, man. Oh, that's right. I remember you told me that, and I forgot. Which, by the way, if anybody is listening to this, and like you're in Florida or whatever, and you were like, you know what, tomorrow I'm gonna go get myself a turkey leg, you stop yourself right there. They're, they are the most disgusting thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh no, I love them, dude. See? They're so gross when you cook them, though. Like. But I think that's I think that's why you don't like them. That's it because I would eat them all the time before that, and they're just so. Don't look at how things are made; it ruins. Yeah, exactly, for sure, hundred percent. That's like, especially like it has such a such a strong smell. Yeah. Like when you're cooking them, like you you're walking through the theme parks and you know when you're nearby one of those like little turkey turkey leg stands because it just smells so good it's ruined it for me for me it but smells exactly. like turkey legs now and it's just like right. it gets on your clothes i don't know how my socks used to smell like turkey legs and it's like... <laughs> i mean when you're a cp bro you'll eat anything yeah that's no that's facts that's facts <laughs> like we did not make very much money at all no they they sold i like to tell people anytime somebody was oh you did the college program what was that like you worked at disney and i'd be like yeah how much did they pay you it'd be like like peanuts and dreams and magic for real, for real. i mean the best part about it was and where i think they make up for it is you can go to the park for free whenever you want yeah yeah like I, i've been to, i've been to the theme parks so many times like so last year for Christmas, um, I was I was living in Miami for like I, li I went back to live in Miami for like nine months mm -hmm. before I moved out here to California, and my girlfriend came out to visit me because she lives here in Reading. That's why I moved here. But she came to Florida to visit me, and and I took her to Disney World, and we went to the Magic Kingdom, and uh, 
she was like gonna grab like a map and you know and like figure out and i'm like no 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 girl <laughs> i got <laughs> this you don't, you don't need a map trust me you you need to know where the bathrooms are i got you <laughs> don't even worry i'm your map baby i'm your map <laughs> Um, yeah, Dora. that's like Dora. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> to so, the castle. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I knew everything. Like she was astounded. She was like, "I am just gonna let you be in complete control. Right. You tell me what ride we're going on and at what time and where we're gonna eat at." And and I just, I, yeah, I just was the I was the tour guide. Because as cast members, though, we we know how to be the most efficient in the parks. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Like, no, no, no. We sure. shouldn't go there right now. It's not a good time to be going on this ride. Dog, I've literally been dying to go to Disneyland. But I moved here uh -huh. in March. And it's been shut down since I got here. Yeah. Because of this whole pandemic. This whole thing. Yeah. And and I'm just dying for this to be over with, so that I can go to Disneyland. You can make that trip, right? Well, how oh, how far I is it from you? Uh, how far is it, it from is, you? It is pretty far. I mean, we went to LA um, a few months back, and we did it like in we did like a two we did like in two days. I can't even remember how many hours it was, but it was it was significant. It was like over ten hours. I'm pretty sure. Wow, ten hour drive. Yeah. What? I mean, that's going down into SoCal, bro. We're like, we're no, we're so north, bro. Okay. We're like, I'm probably closer to Oregon than I than I am to friggin' uh, Disney World. I mean, okay. Disneyland. Dang, that's crazy. See, I'm I'm horrible at geography. I just yeah, I'm like way up north, bro. Like way up north. So close to Oregon. How do you say Oregon or Oregon? I mean, depends. Are you are you going to Oregon or are you playing the Oregon Trail? Ah, I see what you uh, see. That's what I was gonna reference too. I used to love Oregon, Oregon Trail. Never made it to Oregon or Oregon. My people always died of like the flu or something <laughs> or starvation. Yeah. What is it? It's like dysentery or something like. Dysentery. I don't know how to pronounce that word. I was like four playing that game. I was like. <laughs> Dude, it's a good thing that I never led a group of people across the country because they wouldn't make it. Like IRL, they would not make it. <laughs> That's funny, bro. So, so yeah, man. But I'm dying to go to Disneyland, man. We've been actually watching uh, the Imagineering story. Dude, well, isn't that so great, though? Dude, yeah, it's good. It's, it's like good. it makes you want to, like, create something, you know? Like, it's just so motivating. Right. It's like, man, I can't even draw a picture. Like, <laughs> barely put together a stick figure. <laughs> hey, but you're doing your thing, bro. You're doing, you're doing your podcast stuff. You know, you're doing your thing. You got some. That's an artistic outlet right there. Yeah, you know, I, I, I. So I did this originally with the the idea of reaching out to like a a very specific person. And it was like, you know what, let me uh, let me just talk to people, have conversations about what they do, and then maybe this person could get inspired, right? Yeah, yeah And then yeah. I, I found out I just I just love doing it. And then people would reach out to me and was like, you know, I saw that conversation you had with that that tech person and you know, I think I might pursue that. And I had a mentor back when I was in college and he used to always tell me that you don't do something with the idea of of 
of affecting a million people. You do something so you could affect one person. If you were able to affect that one person, it was well worth it. You right, know? right. And now, when I do this stuff, it's just like I have that in mind. You know, like even if I'm just having a conversation with you and I spark some kind of inspiration in your head, dude, it was yeah. all worth having this conversation. For sure, man. Right? Yeah, no, I dig it, bro. I dig it. I think I think you're doing great, bro. I think I think this is awesome. I appreciate what that. What is what is exactly what? Why'd you choose on the move as a as a title? Well, I mean, I figure people are gonna be like commuting, you know, just like oh, you know what? And it's gonna be inspired. Like I want to try to spark some motivation. So oh, okay. on the move, man, on the move. Yeah, I always you know? love your your encourage. You do a lot of encouraging posts on social media, like no bad days. Yeah, like, man. I love saying like, that. That's like your hashtag right there. No bad days, like, and uh, yeah, man, you, you're like super encouraging. But you've always been that way. I mean, I remember when we worked together ten, almost ten years ago, yeah. whatever it was, and you were always like, literally, like the nicest, most friendly. Oh, dude, dude, that means a lot to me, man. Thank you, I appreciate uh, that. I mean, you were the dude that everybody wanted to hang out with, and everybody wanted to chill with, <laughs> and like, you were always the life of the party, playing pranks, playing jokes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if, if someone heard that right now, like people at work hear this right now, they're just gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah, he still plays pranks. He still does that." <laughs> like I'm the guy that if you sit next to, I will put tape in your on your mouse so it doesn't move, and be like, "Why doesn't this work?" And I'll be in the cubicle next to you, just. <laughs> that's hilarious. Man, that's funny, dude. <laughs> but dude, um. Let's focus on you, man. Like, all right, so you you were you're you're from Miami. You you lived in Orlando in O Town, and you moved to Reading. Why'd you move out to Reading? Well, so there's a lot that happened in between there. So what happened was, uh, see what had happened was. <laughs> what had happened was. See what had happened was. All right, so, um, in 2017, I had I had not been working for Disney for like, I think like five years at, you know, at this point, mm -hmm. just kind of doing my own thing, working sales, working all sorts of different jobs. Um, but in 2017, I got invited to a church and from there, like just my life really changed, man. Um, and not to like be like the lull of the conversation or anything. It's actually, it was actually a really exciting story. Um, so yeah, man, I just, I got involved at church, bro. I just started like doing the whole God thing. And, and, um, I'd always been a believer, but at this point, like it really just, it was different. Like so there, was, there was something different. The people were different. The place was different. And I really started to learn a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got really active in like serving the community. I mean, I give you know, we go out and give out turkeys during, you know, Thanksgiving and full, not even just turkeys, like full meals, Thanksgiving meals, like, um, to people in need. And we were just serving the community, giving out free gas, just loving on people. So I did a lot through the church there and then really fell in love with uh, ministry itself. Um, and a, a, as a vocation, right. So, so from there, um, I started doing a lot of internships at the church and working, kind of working for the church, you know, as an intern, um, did that for a couple years and then decided, you know, what, I want to pursue this as a career for sure. Like I'm going to go to school. So I started going to ministry school. Um, and then from there I had an opportunity to go to ministry to a nice ministry school, a good ministry school 
to do a, a year a year long training um, in Sarasota, Florida. So that's over on you know on the west coast. It's like uh, a Florida, like maybe uh, like an hour south of Tampa. Okay. So I was there uh, for that year, did my ministry training, and then from there I didn't have any I, I didn't have any plan of where to go or what to do. I felt like like it was my time to like work in ministry um, as a full-time job. So I started applying like crazy. I moved back to Miami just to stay with family for the interim as I figured out my next step. And I was planning to be there just for the summer. Um, but it ended up being longer because uh, I got a job. Well, I had a couple job offers from different churches, but I chose one particular one. And I was, I was pastoring, uh, I was an associate pastor uh, of a church there in Miami called the, the International House of Prayer. Um, and then, so it was exciting. It was exciting to be in leadership. Um, and then, and then that's when I met my girl, we met online on a Christian dating app and the rest was history, bro. We met, we felt, you know, she, I came out to visit her and we just hit it off and we fell in love. And then she came out to actually, then we went to go visit her family for Thanksgiving. We flew out to, to Nashville and then, and then drove up to uh, Kentucky where she's from. She's from Kentucky. And, uh, then in December, she came to visit me, like I mentioned. Um, and we, you know, we did the whole holidays together and all that. And then I came to visit her one last time again in February of this year for Valentine's. And after I came back home, I was like, I can't do this. Like, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta be in the same city. So literally three weeks later, I moved here. Dude, that's Uh, awesome. Yeah. So I made a decision after I got back after Valentine's and I moved here in March. So, and the rest is history. So that's, that's where we're at. And we're just figuring out life and, and coming together and all that, all that jazz. Dude, I got, I got goosebumps when you start talking about your girl. Is that crazy? Like, I was just like, dude, no. And I, and I mean this in the most like sincere way, dude, like your face, like when you said I met her, you just your 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 smile just like just I was just I felt that dude like that's amazing. Come on, yeah, man, she's great, dude. Like I couldn't have like asked for anything better, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like she's been amazing. One of the biggest one of the biggest things, and and I want I want everybody listening to really hear this part because this has been the the best part of our of our relationship of our getting together has been. So she um she it's an avid believer in going to therapy. Um, and, and it's an avid, you know, uh, believer in, in focusing on your mental health and, and becoming a better, you know, better person and like dealing with your junk, dealing with your trauma, dealing with all your stuff. So right off the rip, when we got together, like, you know, she let me know that that was important. So little by little, like she got me kind of going, uh, to check it out and going to see like, you know, uh, a counselor and things like that. And now I see, I see a therapist every single week. Um, I actually was diagnosed with PTSD. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I was diagnosed with PTSD, which I never knew I had, but, um, it's like, it's not PTSD. Like you would normally hear like a, like a soldier had or Mm -hmm. something like that, or somebody that was in a fire or car accident, like a major event. It's more, it's what's called complex PTSD, which is, uh, when you've had several traumatic events happen to you repeatedly, um, especially in your childhood, 
Um, and that was me just from like mostly like where I grew up, the environment I grew up in. Um, I got into a lot of, you know, fights in school. I didn't have a really good, you know, uh, stable, healthy household. My parents were divorced, you know, when I was like five. And there's a lot of fighting, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, drama, a lot of just my whole life, you know, and just fighting in school and being around the wrong people and all that stuff. It's just kind of created a lot of things in me where not only is it trauma that has happened to me, but it's now created like um, these safeguards, like these walls that I've put up to keep me safe, you know, uh, I've. I've created coping mechanisms and, and different things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then what, what happens with PTSD is that you get triggered. Like, so I could be talking to you right now and there could be something that you say to me that reminds me of something someone did or said to me when I was a kid. Right. So I go back to that moment in my mind and then I react to you as if I was back there. Um, and it all happens without me even knowing it, you know? So I'll, I'll react, I'll do, I'll say things or I'll do things that I normally wouldn't do if I was in my right thinking. So, so the therapy is all about getting your, getting those traumas out, like getting, getting those traumas dealt with where when you are presented with those triggers, those situations, instead of just reacting emotionally, you can actually think through and and process the you know the event um logically and then respond in a way that is logical does that right. make sense no it makes absolute sense yeah i know that's a lot that's a lot right there to know that was that i can go into there i but, think uh, it's so yeah. important for people because i think there's such a negative connotation when people hear oh that person is going to therapy but it's like the most it's I don't know how to put it. Like it's the most relieving thing that you could put yourself yeah. through. It's like, it's, we should normalize therapy. We really should, man. We really, really should. I think every single person should go to therapy, needs to go to therapy. Um, and it should be normalized a hundred percent. I, I, especially like, so for me, like I come from this Hispanic background They that they, they just, ignore mm -hmm. everything it's like it's like everyone else has a problem not me or like oh or that's like uh i mean i'm just gonna I, i'm real man i'm gonna speak real literally like my family would be like that's a white people thing like, <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's, that's you know, you know what I'm yeah yeah no, i know exactly what you mean right so so like you know, there's a lot of stuff, man, especially like within the Latin community that they're just really, really closed off on on getting therapy. And, I, and I'm sure a lot of, you know, a lot of people can relate where they think that's not for me. Um, and that's for that's for so and so person who's really jacked up. Right. Or that's for so and so person who's been through some really bad stuff. And I, I would say, man, we've all been through really bad stuff. We've all been through really jacked up stuff. Like every person that you speak to has gone through some form of hurt, pain, trauma, something, something has been done to us. Um, and then where I tie in like the God part of it is like, bro, we live in a fallen world, like where, where God's original plan was to have a, a perfect, you know, world 
um, where there was no pain, there was no suffering, but because of, you know, sin in, in, in the Garden of Eden, you know, if you're familiar with the story um, out of the Bible, you know, sin entered the world and now we live in this fallen world where now there's death, mm -hmm. now there's pain, now there's suffering, now there's sadness, now there's all these, these things that didn't exist before. And if you fully read, if you read all through the Bible and you get all the way through the end, you'll see that God's actually going to come back. Jesus is actually going to come back and restore the earth back to this Eden-like state where there will be no more death, no more crying, no more weeping, none, none of these negative things, no more sin, none, none of this stuff. So, you know, but what do we do in the, in the meantime? Before, you know, so you got point A and then point B, what mm -hmm. do we do with all this in between? Um, and I think therapy is really one of those things that, that helps, you know? Um, because the reality is where we are today, there are there's junk, there's yeah. junk, you know, and we need to deal with that. Um, for me, I wouldn't be the person or the man that I am today if it hadn't been for my girlfriend and how important um, mental health is to her. Um, it has helped me tremendously. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Uh, how much I, I, I'm a better man today because of it. Um, I was actually just journaling, uh, I think night before last on, on what manhood is and like, what does it take to, to be a man? Um, and I kind of had this picture in my mind where I don't have any kids and I've never been married. Um, probably because of a lot of my, my trauma and my junk. Uh, and also because, um, I, I think I had a lot of wrong definitions of what a man is um, and what I was taught, like from my father. And we've talked about it with my dad, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay to talk about it because, you know, me, him and I have talked about it, and, and he's okay if I share stuff, right? But, you know, what things that he taught me was like, you know, you got to be a man and like, you know, you got to, you know, throw the first punch and you can't mm. let anybody punk you or disrespect you. And like if somebody uh, – you know, starts a fight with you, you better finish it and like all this stuff and like go out with as many girls as, as you can. And like, cause one day you'll be married to one and that's it. Like right, right. So all this like manly macho garbage, like it's just this toxic masculinity. Right. Um, and I'm realizing, and I'm, and I'm picturing this conversation that I would have with, with my future son and explaining what it takes to be a man. And, and I came to this realization. I was like, you know what? In life, you are undoubtedly going to make mistakes. And you're going to make a mess of things, and those things are going to hurt people. Either by something that you did or something you said, but you will at some point inevitably hurt people. What makes a man is how you, how you clean up your messes. Um. <laughs> and you know at the end of the day the way you dress the way you talk how tough you are how many girls you go out with all these all this junk does not define who you are as a man what defines you as a man is that when you make a mess you do your very best to clean it up you own your mistakes immediately 
and be even quicker to forgive somebody for theirs. Um, and you show people love. You show people grace. A man should be soft and gentle and also when he needs to be, be tough. But I, I really feel like if you go through life as a man and the only tool that you master is the hammer, then every problem you face will look like a nail. Dude, that's deep. I love that. And and that's that was my life. That's what I was taught. I was an expert at the hammer. And I could drop that hammer at any given moment. But I couldn't make things beautiful with that hammer. I couldn't sand down anything. I couldn't smooth out any edges. I didn't know how to varnish. I didn't know how to seal anything. I didn't know how to do any of these things. I was good at the hammer, but you can't just go around smashing things. Right. It's not enough. Dude, you, it seems like you went through this, like, such a beautiful transition. Like, I mean, if, if it's okay for me to say, like, it's like, I don't know, man. Like your story is just giving me goosebumps right now. Like I, I, I love it, and like I, I feel so connected to the person that you are right now, the person that's like sitting right in front of me right now. And you know, like I think, you know how that saying is like we always try to provide a better life for our children. You know, like yeah. we try to give them things that that we didn't have. You know, but. In this case, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I need to get you a car or I need to get you a big house. I think right. in terms of your experience, what you'll be able to pass down to to, you know, your child, your, you know, God bless. Uh, if God blesses you with a child, it'll be these experiences that I've endured and I could pass those experiences on to you. Absolutely, man. Um, I, I pray and I hope that. um not only does does the does this toxic masculinity junk garbage end with me, but that also something new begins with me. And and I hope my hope and my prayer is that it wouldn't only affect my future kids, but that it would affect thousands, millions of people mm -hmm. um, all over the world. You know, my my hope is that the, this message, this 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 thing would would impact generations um and and essentially man like if thank you for what you said about like you know being heartfelt and 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 how you felt it and um and and the change that you see i could only give credit where credit is due and i'll be honest like I could not have done this without God, man. I could not have gone to this place in my heart without God. Like I really couldn't. So talk to like, me about that. So let's let's. I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, no, go for it. Go let's for it. let's talk about that that first moment because I think when a person finds their faith, I think that's the most beautiful thing in the world. You know that. But what was that like aha moment? Like that that moment that you first felt. You know. Because you, you said that you always believed that there was a God, but there was that transition that said, you know what, I need to help. I, I, I need to become, you know, this minister. I need to help pass out these turkeys, you know, these dinners to people. Where did that switch happen? So 
I would say it was it was when I realized like God really loves me. And here's the thing, like that that term has been really heard and overused and watered down a lot. But here's why here's here's what I mean when I say God loves me. It's not just his simple term because yeah, we can love people. I I love my girlfriend, you love your wife, like that's a one that's one form of love. Mm-hmm. God's love surpasses that. Here's the reason why it surpasses that is because I for me, I, I came to the realization of as I read the as I read the Bible, as I was taught what God, you know, what the Bible says and who God is and what he's done and who am I in that story, I realized I am a sinner. Not because I want to be, not because of any other reason, but because I was born into a sinful world and I have a sinful nature mm-hmm. and I have inherited sin that wasn't even God's plan. And for my sin, I deserve death. Like Jesus talks about, hey, you know, if you if you hate somebody, you have committed murder in your heart. Mm-hmm. It's not even the act of physically murdering somebody. It goes even further than that. It's about a heart posture. So I realized, like, I I am a sinner, and there's nothing that I can do to make myself, quote-unquote, clean or pure or righteous. Mm-hmm. Anything that I try to do for myself, it's self-righteousness. So what Jesus does is, hey, I am going to go to the cross and die this sinner's death, even though I was not a sinner and I was perfect. And through that sacrifice of Jesus, um, my sins are forgiven. It's like him and I get to almost like switch places in a sense mm-hmm. where he, he takes the death that I should die and I take this, this glory, this righteousness that God now sees me through and he sees me the way that he sees Jesus. So, so that, that realization of, of, man, like I'm saved, not only from, not only from like spending eternity apart from God, but I'm also saved from my own junk, my own life, my own problems, my own. And it was like being, they call it being born again. And that's really what it was. It was like this new awakening, this new sense of reality. Like all of a sudden it was like the, it's like the world and the universe like opened up and, I'm not trying to sound like too like new agey or anything like that, mm-hmm. but, but that's what it felt like. It just felt like all of a sudden things just seemed clearer, made more sense now. Everything had purpose. Everything had reason. You look at creation. You look at all these things, and I'm like, there's an artist who mm-hmm. created this. There's there's somebody who manufactured all of this, yeah. you know? Um, And that just, you know, and it – and slowly but surely, he brought me through a process of sanctification. Where, and that's just a fancy church word that means um, taking me on a process of becoming a better individual. Mm-hmm. And when I say better individual, it's like taking me on a process of um, just loving people better. Right. I've received God's love. Now my job is to push that love out to the world. Um, so you and I have talked about, and you know, and we don't have to get into any kind of, I, I know you don't want to go politics or anything like that, but even aside from politics, aside from all those things, like cutting through all that, you know, stuff, 
I just have a heart personally, and I've shared with you, like I have a heart for people. Mm. So when we talk about, you know, policies and this and that or whatever, I'm like, okay, but what are we doing about people? How are we helping people? How are we loving people? Um, and that's always going to be my focus because uh, we're all created in God's image and we need to be there for people. So that's been my journey of like, how do I love people? Does that make sense? Like, does that connect yeah. those kind of dots? No, man, that's, 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 that, it's beautiful. You know, like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm so often not at a loss for words, but I, I just, I love it, man. I, that's, that's all I could say. I think a person's, I think every person has an, has a, has a story to tell. And it's one of the reasons why I started the podcast is to be able to kind of allow people to have that ability to tell that story. And I just, I love yours so much, you know? Thanks, man. Um, your girlfriend, what's your girlfriend's name? Her name is Sarah. Sarah? Yeah. Um, talk about your relationship. Like how, you know, uh, um, how much does she mean to you and and how she's affected your life? She means a ton to me, bro. A ton. Um, and, you know, I won't lie, bro. I mean, it, it, there's been tough, a lot of tough times um, throughout our relationship. Um, I think... A lot of that has been due to, to two big things. Um, one, as I mentioned, I started going to therapy counseling. And it was like the lid came off of this thing. Mm-hmm. And once that lid was removed, <laughs> it's like I really do feel like I got worse. I got a lot worse. Mm-hmm. It was like I was just – I felt like I was out of control. You know, Once you get that diagnosis, it's like, oh, great, I know what's wrong. And it's like, oh, no, there's something wrong. Right, right, right. And I think I took a nosedive there for a while, and it felt like I was really irritable um, and triggered a lot. So that put a lot of strain in our relationship. She should, honest, in all honesty, she probably should have left me a hundred times over. Mm-hmm. But um, she is probably one of the most kind, gentle, patient, and loving people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, literally, is a friggin' saint. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that has been that has been a difficult part of our relationship, um, and, and she's and she'll say you know she's going to counseling and stuff and she has her own stuff and I won't get into that I'll I'll let her talk about that you know, um, so that you know that's part of it and then the other thing honestly has been this pandemic, uh, we were doing the long distance thing, and then I moved here thinking that finally we're gonna be in the same city we're gonna be able to do life and enjoy life together. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, we're like almost back to being long distance again in the yeah. same city, <laughs> you know? So, so that's been a strain and that's been tough. We haven't been able to be a regular couple. We've been together for over a year and we've not had a regular normal relationship. Uh, so other than that though, we have, we, we have tons of good times, tons of good memories. We just went, um, we went ice skating up in the mountain. Cool. Uh, that's cool yeah in the mountains at that yeah 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 dude it was it was cool man it was cool it was like up in the mountains they set up like a like a little skating rink up in this little city this little mountain town um up in mount shasta and uh and that was cool we went ice skating you know we uh we're doing it big for the holidays we bought you know a christmas tree and set it up at her house um 
because her house is really nice. <laughs> so, so we, we put up a Christmas tree there, put our, you know, our gifts and stuff that we're going to be exchanging under the tree. And, um, we have, uh, we've made, we've made a huge, uh, turn in our relationship, I would say, where things have gotten really, really good. Um, and it was, and it was overdue. So I'm glad we, I'm glad we've got it together now. <laughs> What's some advice you would give somebody that that it's kind of undergoing a, a similar situation to, through what you've been through? My first number one thing, bro, as you asked me that, first thing that jumped in my head, bro, is give yourself grace. Grace. Give yourself the just the okay, the thumbs up, the the you know what it's okay to be where you're at and you're not a monster you're not a freak you're not this terrible bad person get rid of the shame and the condemnation and get rid of all this guilt and all this stuff um, because that's where you'll be able to heal you you can't i'm a firm believer that you can't heal until you cast off the shame shame will make you want to hide keep things secret keep things hidden shame because of what people may think or what you think about yourself even. Um, and it's actually working against you. When you come face to face, you look yourself in the mirror and you say, Hey, you know what? I may not be exactly how I want to be, but I'm getting there mm -hmm. and I'm working towards it. And I'm at the end of the day, like in my heart, I'm a good person. Like I am working towards being a better person. Um, and then, and then from there, you can you can go to therapy. You can talk with people. You can, I number you know. Aside from what I said, like you know, the number two thing I, I would say would be, um, do it with people. Like you got to bring people in, whether that's someone you're paying through therapy or whatever, or um, somebody who's you know trained professional that, or somebody who's going to be able to counsel you. Whatever it looks like, you need to you need to have people. You can't do this process by yourself. It's just it's just not possible. Um, and then and then just like really be honest and evaluate you know what you need, what's going to be healthy for you. If it's too unhealthy to be in a relationship, right where you're at, take a pause. You know, take a break, take a weekend, take a take a month, take whatever it looks like. The important thing is that you are doing what is good for you um, and for the other person too, you know? Um, yeah. Who are three people you, who've been the biggest influence in your life, in your life? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I have a, I have a really good friend. He's probably like my best friend in the world. His name is Matt McCarr. And, uh, he is just the most incredible dude. Um, the reason why is he was actually my teacher uh, when I went to ministry school. Mm. He was one of my teachers, and me and him just hit it off. Uh, and he was the one who really taught me uh, a lot of – how can I say? How to, how to read the Bible and read it read it the right way uh 
and I know that's super that's a super vague thing to say if, if you don't know what I'm talking about but he basically taught me like how to read the Bible correctly theologically um, and then from that I started to learn all all sorts of stuff um, and he's just a really good a really good dude that I learn a lot from like uh, how to be a good husband how to be a good father how to be a good friend how to be a good leader he's I mean he's probably one of the best people I've ever met so he's impacted me a lot um, I would say probably um, my my pastor uh, from Orlando uh, impacted me quite a bit while I was there and in, in that at that church um, his name is Justin Daly and he was like I had, I had been to a church a long time ago before that, and it wasn't all that good mm-hmm. uh, as far as, like, the way they treated people. And um, and that happens. Whoever's listening, that happens sometimes. People are not perfect, and they'll hurt you, even at church. Uh, probably worse. You'll probably get hurt even worse at some churches, but um, we give each other grace, and we love each other. Um, but he was, like, the first person that was in church ministry that, like, really loved me and like really cared about me. So he made an impact on me. Um, and he taught me a lot. Um, again, a great example of being a man, being a father, being a husband. Um, and a third person, I'd have to say my dad, even though (laughs) my dad taught me a lot of messed up junk stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad still taught me a lot of good as well. You know, I have to give credit where credit is due. My dad, my dad did the best he could with the knowledge that he had. He didn't have a good dad. Uh, so it was hard for him to pass on good stuff to me, but, right. but he did, he managed and he loved me well. And he, he was, he was always there for me. He was my best friend growing up. So, yeah. Dude. All right. So, um, we talked about this before we started recording. I like to do this thing where we uh, we 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 do these uh, random questions uh, like a lightning round, but that's just because I don't have a better name for it. People that listen to this podcast know what I'm talking about. But I actually bought some books. I went out uh, to Five Below and I bought some books, and uh, I've never done this. So we're, you're you're kind of the guinea pig to this right now. I don't know what's in these books. I'm gonna just right. randomly. Go through the pages. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. Can you hear that? We're gonna so, go, <laughs> and we're just gonna pick one. I don't know what's in these books. All right. Hmm. Let's see. Put my reading glasses on. I don't have reading glasses. Her. What is the best thing to happen to you this year? Ooh, 2022. Man. What's the best best thing? thing? Uh, I I mean. We've talked a lot about it extensively already. I, I would say moving here to Reading and getting to be with with Sarah has definitely been the very best thing for me. Uh, what uh, would you ever sign? No, I'm not gonna ask that. Would you travel to space if possible? This is a really random book. There's some deep stuff here, and then the, it just yeah. becomes really random. I love this. Would I, would I ever travel to space if possible? I'd say I'd say heck yeah. Yes, yeah. I love that. Why? What would you because, be looking forward to in space is what I should ask. In the friggin' space? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> can you imagine like like yo i've been to space you've been as yes yeah check out this me. selfie that i have just <laughs> exactly you got like, a selfie like this bro that's got to be the most incredible experience and and on it like I've always wanted to be in zero gravity and be like all floaty and stuff. Uh-huh. Y'all, y'all are listening on the podcast. You can't see my arms, <laughs> but I'm doing the whole like floaty thing right now where I'm just kind of wavy and Whoa. floaty. Yeah, that's, that's what I would want uh, to experience. For sure. um, have you ever been somewhere you thought was haunted? If so, where? Oof. Uh, that I thought was haunted? Um... I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Who's to say? That's a hard one, for me anyway. All right, this one's not in the book, because we're talking about space. So I, this question just came out. <laughs> Do you right. believe that that aliens exist? Or like, are we alone? Okay, so it's a good question, um, because. For me, I have to I have to reconcile that with what I believe right, theologically, right, right. right? So here's here's what I would say is um, no aliens as mainstream whatever knows aliens as does not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like uh, extraterrestrial life, you know, the intelligent life in other planets and stuff like that, I would say no, no, that doesn't exist. I think what what happens, the phenomena that we see, my personal belief, is we're actually seeing into um, people get to see parts into the supernatural, where they're seeing um, maybe some angelic beings or demonic beings, um, and we don't know how to describe or explain what we're seeing, so we chalk it up to, it must be aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that fits more into a biblical narrative of like, no, God created human beings, and he created angels, um, and then all the animals and things that we see here on Earth, and like, and that's it, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I know it's probably different. Probably, there's probably tons of people that disagree with me. That's cool. Uh, I'm, yeah, I like watching movies with aliens and stuff, and yeah. I think we're more like sci-fi, you know? What, just... what was that? There was a comedy. It was like uh, um, Martians. Oh, yeah, Attack from Mars. Attack from Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't that know why that's movie. what I was – that's always what I think of what, what, what I think of aliens now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What is your – oh, what is the worst vacation memory that you have? Vacation memory? This is out of the book. Oh, uh, yeah, vacation memory. This this wasn't quite a vacation, quote unquote. It was more like a retreat that we did with like a group of interns uh, okay. when I was interning at the church, and we went. We went, okay. Hold up. Let me pause. I'm from Miami. All <laughs> okay. right, bro. Like, all right. I'm from Miami. I'm from you know the city. You know what I'm saying? Like I grew up my whole life. You know in the city, and I had never been camping before. Oh man. And, uh, these people, they wanted to go out on a camping trip, and it was the most miserable thing for me. I was like, yo, there's legit, like, dirt everywhere. Like, what's up with this? Like, and they're like, yeah, we're outdoors. And I'm like, yeah, but it's in my toes. It's, like, all over my legs. This is crazy. Like, how there's does anybody dirt do everywhere. There's literally dirt everywhere. But the worst, worst, worst part about it is on the next morning we were there, we woke up. 
um, after I had gotten like destroyed by mosquitoes that night. <laughs> and uh, by the way, we went camping in Florida, so it was not pleasant. Like it was like October, it was still hot. And oh muggy, yeah. And it was like Central Florida. It wasn't. It wasn't great. But the next morning, this is the. This was the interesting part. We were like, okay, let everybody get up. Time for breakfast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'm down, bro. Let's eat some breakfast. Like, And y'all can't see me. I'm a little bit of a big man, you know. And uh, and I'm ready for breakfast. They hand me a Pop-Tart packet. And I was like, yo, what? <laughs> what, what, what else you guys got? What, what, what else you got? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, dang, this is not very much food. I'm like, all right, well, you're going to have to hold me till lunch, I guess. So I eat my Pop-Tarts. And um, they're like, oh, fill up a bottle of water. We're, we're going on a, on a trip. Well, it turns out we're going we're going kayaking down the like swamp, bro, like legit the swamp. So it's a two person kayak. Uh-huh. I'm in the back. I've got no, actually I'm in the front, and I got one of my one of my buddies be in in the back part of the kayak. Okay. And we're going down this thing, and and I'm all excited, I'm stoked, and then I find out like like we're on the we're in the van, right? We're in the van going to where we're gonna get off at to get in the water. And this van's taking a really long time. Like, okay. And I'm like, yo, we, we've been we've been driving for a while. Like, we're far from the campsite. Like, are we going to canoe all or kayak all, going this, back? all the way back? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is getting really long. Like an hour later, right. bro. Because you're like, thinking about it. Arrive. It took us a long time to drive here. So we would, the amount of time it would take us to kayak back, was, it would be ridiculous exactly so we get off bro right and we're getting the kayak and we're paddling we're paddling we're paddling we're paddling there's legit like gators <gasps> like right next to me dude like no. next to me bro no. i'm freaking out bro i'm like oh my freaking god out. and then one of my biggest fears is spiders i have a fear of spiders i know we start like we start going on this really really narrow path of like the I don't know what it was, a creek, or I don't know what to call it, a river. I don't have no idea. Just I'm from the city, man. I don't know what to call this. Water, you don't know the right? technical water. term, right? Right, right. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're in the swamp, bro. This is the swamp. <laughs> well, it's it's really narrow, so we start crashing into some trees, and spiders start oh, falling no. trees into the kayak, bro. No. And at one point, I look at my feet because, like, I'm not wearing any shoes or anything. I look at my feet, and I look at my toes. And there's itty bitty tiny spiders, like making webs in between my toes. They're oh, like jumping my God. back and forth between my toes, bro. Yeah, I, spiders I, I, is where I, I draw. I, I don't like spiders either. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm like, I'm getting itchy. I, like my legs I, are getting I, itchy as you're talking about this. I started crying. I legit grown man started crying, and I'm like, I'm like, I can't take. This. Yeah, like, like I, I get it though. I get it though. Yeah. Four hours later, um, we made it back to the campsite. And uh, and my my hands were were just peeled yeah, of yeah. like so much paddling, um, gators everywhere. One of one of one of the canoes that was next to us and one of my other buddies they flipped, uh, they flipped over. Where and there's gators the and there's gators in the water. They were freaking out. They thought they were gonna die, bro. Yeah, no. See, so that was definitely the worst uh, memory of a trip. Um, for me ever uh, in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like, they forgot my luggage or something, you know, like I, just, I didn't expect this whole, like, I'm going to die scenario. Like that's terrifying, man. Uh, 
I'm gonna go to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really itchy from the spider story, though. I'm I I don't know. I'm gonna take a shower later. Uh, what's let's see? How are you still similar to your younger self? And I think this goes along with everything that we've talking about. How am I still about. similar to? Yeah, that's a good question. How am I still similar to my younger self? You know, I I, I think um, I've always had I just I've always had a good sense of humor, man. I like I like uh you know being a little sarcastic at times and like joking around and yeah. I would say that that part of me, the humorous, joking, fun you know, uh fun loving kind of uh temperament that I have has just always been there. Um, and still is, and I and I fully embrace it. What phrase or quote best describes you? Like, what's your what's your mantra? What's your life mantra? My life mantra. <sighs> Man, that's good, bro. That's a really good question. That's making me think hard. I love uh, that. My life. Cause I feel, I feel like I have so many things that are deep in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like it's hard to pick one, you know, uh, there's so many things that I'm passionate about. Um, man, I, I would say if I had to boil it down, I would say love God mm. and love people. I love that. That's good. And, yeah. That's it. That. Just, just, it's, it's about my life is about, Loving God and loving people. If you could be a member of any TV sitcom family, what family would that be? It'd be like, <laughs> like, like, what are we talking here? Like, what? Like, we, give me, like, we, we could do cartoons. You could do any cartoons. You could talk. You, but like, I don't know, real life sitcoms. <laughs> I don't know. I would All say right. Fresh All Prince. Right. Mine would be Fresh Prince of Bel Air, just because they lived the high life. You know, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I feel like the 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 one that's like, um, does it have to be a family per se? No, it doesn't have to be. A, this is we make our own rules. Make our own rules. All <laughs> make right. our I own like rules. Noise. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to say Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yes, I, just, I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. I like bro. the little like, references. Noise. Noise. Yeah, dude, I love Jake Peralta. I love uh what's his real name? Andy Samberg. He's in a, he, he, he he makes that show. And there's they're filming in. I think you, you commented on the, the post that I, I, I posted yeah, yeah, yeah. on Facebook, right? Yeah. Um something you believe in that others think is not real. <laughs> I think we've we've been talking a lot about that. Yeah. Already. Dude, this book is like uh, your book, man. I think this is your book. Yeah. Well, I believe in God. Uh, a lot of people don't. Um Yeah. I think that I think that sums it up. Uh but yeah. Um do you like hot or cold food better? Mad oh, random. Hot. These questions are hot, crazy. Bro. I like these All questions. Hot. Dude, I'm Cuban, bro. Like <laughs> Like hot food, man. Come on. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Cuban food? My favorite Cuban food. Oh man, it's called bite uh, a la milanesa. Oh man. Or if you want to say it in English, it's Milanese or Milan Milanese steak. I guess is how you would say it. 
but okay. it's a steak. It's like a thin cut steak, and it's breaded and fried. All right, hold on, hold on. Then after that, they put like a tomato kind of sauce on it with a fried piece of ham on top, mm-hmm. and then they melt cheese on top. You got to say it slow now, but not – well, hold on. Say this whole thing in Spanish, but like slow, like you're advertising. I, you know, my Let's Spanish hear. ain't all that great. Bro. No, it's I'm not. Even... All right, all right. Well, say, <laughs> say, the, say the food slow, the way you're describing it, but like say you're like you're advertising. Go ahead. All right, all right. Well, first, you start off with a thin piece of steak. You bread that bad boy. Fry it up. Then you put some fried ham on it and melt some delicious gooey cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And that that with a side of rice and beans. That that covers it. <laughs> I hope everyone that's listening to this is really hungry now. I, I mean, bro, Filipino food is where it's at. You know? we, it's alright. We we use a lot of oil, a lot of grease. You know, I love Cuban food. I love Cuban food. Um, have you ever owned a goldfish? I'm not a goldfish, but I currently do own a betta fish. What's a betta fish? Betta fish are like those little Japanese fighting fish. You've probably seen them. Like they're really like colorful and flowy. Okay. Um, if you Google saw this. one, you, you you would know what it is. Betta fish. I'm googling it right now. Yeah, Google it. Google it. Uh, so mine, he's got he's like mostly dark and then has like bluish. Uh, Colors on his fins. Oh man, this thing is pretty. And, uh, his name is Francis. Francis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a pretty fish. Francis, yeah. Don't ask me where I got the name from. I just kind of just came to me, and I just was like, ah, oh, he looks like a Francis. This looks like an expensive fish. It's they're actually super cheap. This is a fancy looking fish. Like, how much did you pay for this fish, though? Like maybe not even twenty bucks. This is a pretty looking fish. Like, yeah. I'd be a little intimidated, like if I was scuba diving, which I don't do. Um, but if I was scuba diving and I just saw this fish, I'd be intimidated by it just because of how pretty it looks. I'd, it'd make me self-aware of myself, but like, I don't look that pretty. And then look well, at you this know fish. fish. They are fighting fish. If they see an, if they see another fish, uh-huh. they will fight to the death. Like if they're with another fish, you have to keep them alone by themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so if he- you put them with another fish, they'll they'll fight to the death. That's insane. Yeah. That's a terrifying yeah. fish. It's crazy when you get like a mirror. If you hold a mirror to them, they go nuts. Really? That's so, yeah, hilarious. That is kind of cool. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to YouTube that later just to see what that looks like. I'm sure that's that's got to be on YouTube somewhere. For sure. Um, if you owned a restaurant, what kind of food would you want to serve? Bro, that's a good question. I was just telling uh, Sarah – that if I opened up a uh, uh, shout out right to Chicken Kitchen, um, do you all have Chicken Kitchen over there? I have no idea which, but I I could only assume they serve chicken. Yeah, so ch- Chicken Kitchen is same thing as like Chicken Grill. It it's like a rice bowl where you get like yellow rice mm-hmm. with like black beans, some like grilled chopped up chicken on it, and you get to pick your toppings like lettuce, tomato, all sorts of stuff. But it's like a chicken bowl. I swear I'd be a millionaire if I opened up one here. Oof. It, as a matter of fact, Chicken Kitchen, if you listening, 
and you want to open up a franchise out here <laughs> you guys would kill it out me. there just holler at me <laughs> um I opened up another book. I bought two books. This one isn't look as great. Let's see. Let's see if I can find something. All right. Let me, I'm gonna while while I'm looking through these questions, I'm gonna ask you: If you had a superpower, what would your superpower be? Ooh, um, and would you use it for good or evil? Ah, uh, that, that's a great question, man. Um, dude, I'm I'm gonna have to go with like the the combo of like super strength and 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 um invincibility mm -hmm. like you know being like that that superman like i don't need i don't need the flying even though that would be cool i don't need the laser eyes or the cold breath or any of that just give me like the strength and the and the like invincibility like i'm, I'm bulletproof like right. that kind of deal I'm, I'm done that's it that's all i need I think and it was... what I use for good and evil, um, good or evil, I, 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 I think I would use it for good. Uh, I'd be tempted to like rob a bank. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where the money is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think it was um, you that got me into watching The Boys. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, it was good... you that was just like, you haven't watched The Boys yet? I was like, all right, I got to watch The Boys now. Cause... Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good show. I don't recommend it. Uh, I can't I can't recommend it exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, but uh, it's some else. I, but on low key, low key, I do enjoy uh, the boys. <laughs> um, what one new thing can you try that will help you overcome your fears? Ooh, that's a good uh, one. What new thing I can try? Yeah, what's one new thing that you could try that would help you overcome your fears? Uh, I think, I think, um, something that I've actually have been starting to do and I could do more of is being, being vulnerable. Mm. Um, I think a lot of my, my fears and insecurities, um, will, they work against me because I don't communicate them. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think just being open and vulnerable and sharing with people like, Hey, it's it's important that you know what I'm feeling. It's yeah. important to me that you know what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, what's happening inside of me. Um, I think as a as a child, and we kind of talked about the the masculinity thing, but as a child, like I was taught, like boys don't cry, mm -hmm. boys don't, you know, men don't cry, men don't have emotions. Like men, you know, you gotta you gotta like toughen up, like like hey, you know, don't. I remember, I remember hearing the, the phrase, you know, um, you better stop crying. I'll give you something to cry about, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of nurturing there. And, and I think, um, it's important, um, to be vulnerable, to be open and, and feel safe, uh, to be able to do so. What would be the best thing about not having a sense of smell? I think uh, I think not being able to smell my own or other people's farts. Would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be that'd be <laughs> super. That's the worst when, especially when someone else's, and you're like, "Oh, dude, that reeks." <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or you walk into like a public bathroom and you're like, oh my God, what did you eat? <laughs> what is the most useless useless talent you have? The most useless talent I have? Mm-hmm. Huh. It's a good question. You know, I have a very high opinion of myself, so mm-hmm. I don't I wouldn't call anything that I have useless. No, <laughs> 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 uh useless talent i i would say um dang you know i i'm at a i'm at a blank that's i have cool. that's a really weird question it is a weird and random question uh, <laughs> i don't i don't know all right God, that's a not, cool. i'm sure i have plenty i'll be honest <laughs> i'm sure i have tons but i can't think of any all right so if you had advice that you could give your 17-year-old self, what would you tell him? Oof, man. Man, I, I would let him know, um, first of all, uh, it's okay. Like, whatever's happened, whatever you've gone through, whatever you're feeling, it's okay. And it's going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. Um there's some things that you need to need to walk through uh, in order to get there, but eventually you're gonna get to the end of it all, and you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. There's hope. Is is the advice I would say? I was like, you know what, the the journey that you're on, the path that you're on right now, is gonna lead you somewhere that's gonna give you hope. Hmm. Um, and you don't have to feel hopeless. You don't have to feel despair. That's good. Yeah. Happiness is usually a goal, I believe, that people, you know, is a goal for most people. What's your definition of happy? And what's something that makes you happy? Yeah, happy. Um, I don't, I'm probably really different uh, than a lot of people. I don't like the word happy. I don't like happiness. I don't, I think. I think happiness is a moving target mm-hmm. um, and happiness going for things that make people happy, I think actually makes them unhappy because once they get there, they want something else. Right. They want something new and it's a moving target. We're never, we're never satisfied. We're never happy enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the, and then the mess, the really messed up part is not only when you do achieve it, you want the next thing and the next thing What's worse than that is when you get it, and then lose it. Yeah. So now it's like, if I if I put my if I put my happiness on this car, on this house, on this thing, on this relationship, mm-hmm. on this job, on this whatever it is, if that's the thing that makes me happy, if my spouse dies, if I lose my job, if I get evicted or get foreclosed or I get into a car accident or whatever it may be, whatever negative you know, tragic thing happens, then my happiness goes out the window along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a lot of, there's a lot of people that, that go through that. Um, so I would say, stop trying to be happy and look for joy. Mm. Um, and, and for me, joy only comes from one source, from one place. And that's, and that's the Lord. Mm. Um, like, yeah, do are there things that make me happy? Sure, but I hold them with open hands. Mm-hmm. 
let them come, let them go, whatever may come, whatever may happen, it's fleeting, doesn't matter. But my ultimate source of joy comes from my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. If you had the world's attention for just 30 seconds, everyone's listening, what would you say to them? Man, I, I would say that's that's first of all, let me just address that question and say that's huge. Yeah. That that is if that question doesn't make you tremble. Yeah. It's terrifying. Um, right. Yeah. That's a huge question. I would have to present the gospel and say, hey, there is an answer, and there is a hope to what you've gone through, what you've been through, and there's there's a hope, there's a joy, there's a pleasure, there's a peace that's available for you, um, and his name is Jesus Christ. No matter what problem you face, no matter what situation you may have gone through or are going through, mm-hmm. there's an answer to that problem, and his name is Jesus Christ. Um, and if you come to him, he will come and give you a peace that cannot be robbed. He will give you a life that cannot be taken. He will give you joy that is just immeasurable, that nothing could ever surpass it. Um, and it would be the best decision that you make, not only in this life, but for all eternity. That's beautiful, man. Dude, I wanted to uh, I wanted to thank you, man, for just uh, for, for, for doing this podcast with me and, you know, taking the time and, you know, being vulnerable and sharing your your life, your experiences, your faith um, with me and for people that are listening. And, and you know, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, man, absolutely. It was a it was a pleasure being on here. And if anybody's uh, still listening, I just want to say, dude, you, you person, you woman, you girl, you man, you boy, whoever it is. You're loved, and and I love you, and uh, and you are loved more than you could ever know. So uh, so be well, and God bless you. All right, I I end every podcast by saying love it, share it, but don't forget to live it, people. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the On the Move podcast with Diana. Please like, share, and subscribe on iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you.